Welcome to another episode of the Trial Lawyer Podcast. My name is Gabriel White of White and Garner, and we have some very exciting news. Um, and because of that news, we are going to do a special edition of the podcast. Um, our firm, White and Garner, uh, myself and uh, of counsel Eric Stevenson went to trial uh, yesterday in a dog bite case, and. Uh, were completely victorious. Um, seemed like we, we won pretty much everything that we set out to do. And uh, Dan was also there because he was witness at the trial. We'll let him tell you a li- as much or as little about that as he, as he uh, wants. So um, we hope you enjoy. Okay, so we just had a trial yesterday. Um, Eric... Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about the trial? This is Eric Stevenson here at the firm. Sure. We had a case where a dog bite, it's a simple dog bite case. Uh, dog bit our client, and basically it was a strict liability issue, but the defense counsel raised other issues, tried to blame the parent uh, for the dog bite rather than allowing the strict liability issue to to take over. Um, we tried settling it early on. Uh, we gave them several different offers, extremely reasonable offers, uh, lowering it each time, of course. And they forced it to trial despite the fact that it was a strict liability issue. Well, and it was, I think the, the notable part about it for me was that it was, I mean, just how close the parties were. I mean, it got down to the point where, you know, we were... We were offering, I think, um, you know, two thousand two hundred and fifty dollars more than than they were, and we'd made the last offer. And their response was they weren't going to put any more money on the table. Um, you know, the hilarious part about that is not just that they wound up getting tagged for fifteen thousand dollars plus costs, but that you know the the amount of the difference between what they're willing to pay to make it go away and to resolve the issue for their insureds was less than the cost it would of, you know, preparing even one of the several motions that were prepared and had to be filed for trial. And um, this seems like, you know, as we talk with adjusters in, in some of these types of more straightforward, very straightforward cases, but on the lower end of the dollar value spectrum there seems to be kind of a trend going on and i don't know if it's a pendulum swing or if it's uh you know something more permanent but i mean dan what 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 are your thoughts on that yeah i've seen i've seen it come up a lot where the gesture really isn't worried about uh excess and so what they're trying to do is they're trying to leverage the fact that yeah, the damages aren't huge, and it's not. We're not talking about. And I, you know, hesitate to use the word life-changing money because every a lot of times in these cases there is every penny matters because yeah. they need they need uh, the medical care covered. They need you know they should be compensated just like the law says for their pain and suffering and their time and lost wages, but. It seems like the adjusters have been taking this position where, okay, if the damages that a jury will give is around twenty thousand, and 
we know you know we have a hundred thousand in limits then we're gonna offer three thousand and we're just gonna hope that enough people will just go away yeah I mean what I, I think the strategy is becoming yeah and and I mean you know I've seen this before in my career where insurance companies have adopted this posture for a while usually fortunately it seems to change after they get hit with a few um, you know unexpectedly high verdicts and and uh, you know have to and uh, at the same time as they're paying overly high legal bills and uh, they realize that well there maybe there are some cases that you know should be settled um, but you know definitely we have seen you know we've we've even heard kind of off the record from some of the attorneys that work at um, at, at the kind of captive insurance company law firms that they're being encouraged to take more of these smaller trials to or cases to trial which you know anybody it's not like you watch on TV where you know every case goes to trial I, I think the statistic in the United States is something like 97 98 percent of cases never go to trial because they're settled or most are the or, ones that are filed I think that's yeah even, it's not even the ones that necessarily you know you send a demand and then it's settled so it I think it's extremely interesting after talking to one of these uh, attorneys that basically he had got he had lost the jury and there's no other uh, the jury trial there's no other way to describe it even though he he tried he tried <laughs> to spin he it as a to, win he tried to spin it and, and it's like well you offered 40 and they got 80 so no that i mean that's a win for them yeah um but it just it just shows and i got a call yesterday from a potential client where they had signed up with an attorney the it was it's a lower value case and the there's been no offer they they haven't offered anything and it's liability is clear as day and their lawyer dropped them because they've realized that they're going to have to sue they're going to have to, have to file actually a lawsuit. do the lawsuit they're going to have to be you know a lawyer so i think what we've learned from this is basically that well there's two important things is that you have to have a client that's willing to go the distance and that's part of our preparation for with them and two you have to hire a firm that won't drop you when they realize that maybe going it pro going to trial it probably isn't the most profitable decision for the firm often but though, yeah and, and well, i'm talking about in these specific oh, these cases the cases yeah but it's something that our firm takes very seriously when we when we say yes to a person when we say yeah we're going to represent you and we're not every case we take we're willing to go to trial on so it's it's just something for that people need to talk think about people need to other attorneys need to think about when they're referring these cases uh that you need to make sure and refer to someone that's not just going to throw in the towel well yeah and, and uh, you know make sure that you're referring to somebody who really is a you know, a, a, the right personal injury lawyer for the case. Because, yeah, there are some cases that, you know, the people just want to get it over with. They want to roll it out really fast. But, you know, there are other cases where there's real injury, there's real damage, and, you know, the there's an insurance policy that's there to provide that. Um, but, 
one of the corollaries of trials becoming so rare is that, um, you know, the, the the trial lawyer is becoming more rare as well, and and I mean that in the sense of lawyers who look at cases as opportunities to go to trial, opportunities to, you know, make the client's point in front of a jury of the peers and and actually carry that through rather than gee, can I get this case and settle it really quick and, and then be done with it? Eric, you were going to say something? Well, yeah, I think Dan hit it right on the head. The, the, the key to these cases is I think the defense attorney thought well, what would happen here is they could make a lowball offer and we would either take it or our clients would take it. And you've got to have a client with the fortitude to stand up and fight for what's right. But you also have to have a firm like ours that we took that, instead of being frustrated by it, we took it as, as an opportunity to go to trial, to show these defense attorneys that we can try cases, that we will try cases. And, and I think if you don't have those two key components, you've got to have the firm and you've got to have the client with the fortitude. And that's critical because otherwise they are, I think that's the only reason these insurance companies can make these low offers and then take these small cases to trial profitably because it's not profitable. There's no doubt they lost a tremendous amount of money in this case. Yeah. No question at all. Well, and, the, and, and I think, I mean, it's, you know, you can't really control when I, we say the clients with the fortitude, you can't really control the client situation. A lot of times they come to us because they're desperate and because they really need the money. And, you know, when they get an offer that's dangled in front of them, um, you know, they're willing to take it. I mean, we have, we tend to have very reasonable clients who when they get a reasonable offer, you know, they're willing to, to entertain it. But, um, yeah, I mean, definitely part of this equation, yeah. and I think what we're seeing is that the the offers are just so they're almost laughable. Yeah, I, they're, they're beneath the medical sometimes. They're lower than the medical bills. Yeah, and so it's like, wait, you're so you're saying that your client is responsible for this accident, but um, you're you're only willing to pay for half of the damages. You know, well, if they're, they're either they're either responsible or they're not. You know, it's it's uh, well. And the beauty about yesterday, I think, and and you guys might have other thoughts about this, but the my faith, my faith, and when I'm telling talking to clients, it's always like trust, trust the jury system, trust your peers, and I think yesterday was val i know it was validation for the client um she said it over and over again mm -hmm. that she felt like validated that the jury listened to to her and believed her and that uh you know i think gabe you're absolutely right how on earth are you supposed to train to be a trial attorney when None of your, if you're, you know, if you're a second year associate and none of your mentors or the partners that you work for ever go to trial, how on earth, how on earth are you supposed to become one? It's, yeah. it's very difficult. So, um, I guess my, and I, the criminal defense lawyers talk about this a lot and I, and I wish there was a more dialogue on the, the plaintiff side that we need to try more cases we yeah. need to we need to be and we got to be strategic on the ones we pick and sometimes the offer from the other side forces us to but in the moments when when 
were forced to do it, make sure you're ready to go. Make sure that you do the best you can. You should be doing that anyways, but... Yeah, but I mean, you know, don't, I, I, I do run into this sometimes a lot of times where there's attorneys that, um, you know, well, I run into both. First, I run into a lot of attorneys who, who will take on one or two personal injury cases because they, they've heard that personal injury can be really lucrative. And then, you know, they, they call me up and ask me for advice. Like, well, we think that, you know, we've got all this evidence we're entitled to X, but they won't give us anywhere near X. They they only want Y. What 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 can we do? And I just say, well, sue. I mean, you're a litigator, right? I mean, you file a complaint. So that's the only way you can think of. I'm like, well, unless you can think of some way else to talk them into it, you you got to be ready to sue. And then and that's when you know we start talking about, well, do you want to take over this case for me? But you know, and, and um, you know, the other thing we, we see a lot of is attorneys that are, you know, working on a case for a long time and then suddenly the case is ready to go to trial and they pull, you know, poke their head up uh, and like one of those meerkats, you know, all of a sudden and think, oh, I, I guess I better uh, start uh, litigating this case. I better, you know, get it ready for trial, I guess. I better and, start uh, doing discovery. Yeah, right. And, you know, Gabe, I think one of the issues here too is is the valuation of the case. This is this yesterday proved it, it validated our validation of the case of the, of, the, of the value. We made an initial offer for fifteen. We ended up lowering the, the the offer, of course, to try and negotiate. But the jury gave us exactly what we asked for in the beginning. We didn't ask for a million dollars. This wasn't a million dollar case. We were reasonable in the offers we made to the opposing side, but they just simply weren't reasonable with us. And I think that. If other firms, plaintiffs' firms, need to be sure they're making reasonable offers and not letting themselves get get too low with those, they the yeah. you know thousand yeah. dollars is worth taking it to trial sometimes. I, I I honestly think that was a large part why we we received what we did was the whole presentation was our clients reasonable, and then we stood up at the very end. And ask for a reasonable number. Yeah, we didn't ask for a million bucks. We and and I think they and I think they appreciated that honestly. Well, the other it it didn't it didn't hurt our case that the other guy no. got up and said that we should be awarded five hundred dollars, um, or that the verdict should be for not we should be awarded our client should uh, receive a verdict of five hundred dollars. I think um, that established him as just manifestly unreasonable. It was an insurance company showing their true colors to the jury. Well, yeah, and and, and uh, their you know their true colors got them a verdict that was thirty times what they asked for. So, um, you know, uh, I guess hopefully that attorney uh, will take that as a lesson for next time. But um, you know, it, it was it's always very interesting. I, I I feel like every time I do, especially jury trials. Um, I feel like I learn a lot of, uh, uh, you know, of new skills, and I incorporate more of the skills that I've, you know, heard about and CLEs and seminars and things into my practice, and uh, things just kind of go smoother. I mean, that's not to say things go smooth; they're always bumpy. There, you know, a lot of times there are witnesses that are late, or you know, documents that have to be agreed to, and all that, but. Um, it, it definitely is kind of 
you know, a skill that, that needs to be learned and honed and practiced. And, um, you know, uh, it, in most towns, I think in civil practice, you just, you don't see that. You don't see great civil trial practitioners. Well, that was one of the strengths that we had in this case yesterday, that we had a division of labor that, that kept this case moving smoothly and effectively, and we were able to gut the defenses the other side presented. We were able to present a case that was without a whole lot of bumps. Those bumps you mentioned, there weren't a whole lot. No, it was pretty, yeah. Pretty... Yep, it, it, was, it was pretty straightforward. It was really smooth. So that worked out really well. I mean, my takeaway is if you're a plaintiff's lawyer listening to this right now, if, if you say yes to a client, make sure you're ready to go all the way and try more cases because I think that's the only way that the other side's going to increase their offers. Yep. Agreed. I think it's my motto is ready for trial before I file. I'm ready to go or I don't take the case. There you that, go. That's, that's a good catchy. One. That's catchy. We may steal that. <laughs> well, we'll see. <laughs> And there you have it. Thanks again for tuning in to the Trial Lawyer Podcast. Um, we can be found on iTunes. Um, and uh, you can go there and leave us feedback. We really appreciate you listening. And, uh, you know, if you also you want, you want to find us on the web, you can go to our website at saltlaketrialattorney.com where the, the uh, podcast is hosted. And uh, we'll see you next time.